Welcome back to another episode of the Grow a Fanbase podcast. I'm Will Hardison, and today I have Jake Bailing. Jake is the Chief Marketing Officer at Movement Mortgage and the co-host of his own podcast, Date Night with Paige and Jake. And then if you're a Carolina Panthers fan uh, and season ticket holder, perhaps, you may recognize his face if you're watching this on YouTube or his voice if you're podcasting this as he's the hype man for the Carolina Panthers. Now, if you listened to episode one with Jacques Slade, the YouTube sneaker unboxing king with 1.3 million followers, yeah, you're welcome, Jake. Uh, To follow that, I said whoever goes second would have big shoes to fill. But thankfully, Jake wears a size 15, so I think we're pretty good, right? That was pretty good. I got to give you credit. Well, you tied the whole thing together. Yeah, uh, really tough act to follow. I love him. I'm a huge fan of him. And um, anyway, really cool. Really happy to be here. Uh, yeah, just two buds talking, like we just said. I'm. I'm. It's great to see you again, Will. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. It's it's been it's been probably what five or six years. You moved. You moved way outside the Beltline. Now yeah. you're over in Charlotte, right, yeah. the Queen City. Um, I tell you what, man. Give the people a flyover. Who are you? What mm. do you do? Yeah, so I've gotten a lot of we, we get a lot of people in the office right now, and they're coming like, so you're the mascot for the Panthers and the marketing guy for a mortgage company. I'm like half right, like two thirds right. Um, yeah, so it's a nice I, looking resume. I mean, it is. You hit you hit the high notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I lead the marketing team here at Movement. We're top ten lender in the country. Uh, we have a lot of fun here. We had a really cool story to tell. We give most of our profits away. We build schools, um, not-for-profit co-working centers, affordable housing, all kinds of stuff. That's a whole other podcast. But yeah, my side hustle is I'm the in-game host for the Carolina Panthers. Um, this is season three. We got a lot Has of it already been three seasons. It is a season three. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do to turn it around this year, but believe in Bryce and you know, keep pounding. We got the the fans keep coming out. So <laughs> um it's uh but definitely I know that I speak for the fan base, you know, we are we we're hoping for some more dubs. Um but yeah, so when we got to know each other, Will, I was sort of in between two careers. So I had just uh finished uh, about a 10-year career in sports. So I worked in primarily international sports. Um, you know, USA baseball, the U S Olympic committee and professional golf. I worked for the U S GA. That's where I met my wife, Paige up in New Jersey. Um, and then she had a job. She worked on air for, uh, gosh, almost 20 years. And that brought us to Raleigh. She's a celebrity. Uh, She's, she is a, she's a celebrity. Um, she's awesome. We moved down to Raleigh, had three kids in Raleigh. They're now like grown adults, which is crazy, but 14, 13 and 10 will, I know we're getting old. Um, and, and at that time I switched from sports into a career in medical device. That's exactly how you play. Uh, You want to be the GM of the white Sox, and you get into medical device, but no, it was a family business, uh, in executive search. So we were placing, you know, C-suite executives and med device, pharma, biotech companies. And, um, I gave it four and a half years. Uh, really, really cool experiences. You know, sports is a lot of fun. That was like a real job. Like I had like a real, real job. Yeah. Uh, learned a ton about how to run teams, how to run businesses. Um, and then, yeah, and then I moved to Movement Mortgage in 2017 and haven't looked back. You know, I've gone through a couple waves. 2018 was a tough environment in mortgage. 2021, 2020, 
was not. The world was in a really tough yeah. place, but mortgage was skyrocketing fire. And then just as great as it was, it is now equally as tough right now because now everyone's in a really low rate and, and afraid to move. And we're like, hey, look, it's okay. You could still move, please. Anybody? Come on, buy a yeah. house. Somebody no, want to buy eight percent? No, no. You want to you trade in two for eight? Yeah. Hey, home values are going to continue to rise. Don't be afraid, Will. So that's <laughs> really that's the really high level uh, path. So hope that I helps. feel like you would have been really good at medical device sales. Yeah. So everybody tells me that. People told me that coming out of school, it wasn't. It was executive search, right? But I was placing okay. a lot of like chief commercial officer, um, head of sales roles. And it's funny. I, I that was always in the back of my head. Like, dang, should, like, what if I did go that route? Um, yeah. But that's for another story. That's another podcast. We got like three extra podcasts that we'll we do. We spun one off day. many follow up podcasts already. Yeah, we did. Okay, so you land over at Movement Mortgage. Yep. What was it like when you first started there? Man, so just full disclosure, you know, I, Paige, my wife, is Casey's sister, Casey Crawford, CEO of Movement Mortgage. Um, And so I'd always been close to it. I had seen what he had started to build in 2008. So you go back to how rough um, the world was, the economy was, and mortgage was really the main driver of what was going on. And out of that rose this company, right? And so the, the classic entrepreneurial story of like when people zig, you zag and, you know, seeing opportunities where uh, others don't. And he started Movement Mortgage in that. And it started, you know, there's a couple other names and became Movement um, in the 2010s. Um, but I'd always seen what he was building. And, you know, like this, unfortunately, many companies, they're, they try to find their voice. They try to find their brand. They try to find their values after the fact. And he um, had that first. You know, we exist to love and value people and lead a movement of change in communities, corporate cultures across the world. And that was the backbone of movement uh, from day one. And so when you have a really neat mission and you've got some really special people leading it, um, the pieces tend to fall in place. And uh, my predecessor did an amazing job with the brand um, and the storytelling. And so I really just, just don't screw it up. Right. Um, and so I got here and, you know, it was still brand new to financial services, brand new to the company, just like anything else. It was like slowly kind of feeling my way around and, you know, definitely had those moments, much like I did when I moved from sports to medical device to look in the mirror, like, you know, like, gosh, you know, am I a fraud? I don't, I don't have this in my background or yeah. see that and wonder. Um, and you know, you always sort of fight that internally. Um, but you just, at the end of the day, you got to lean into your, um, your gifts and you got to lean into relationships. And fortunately movement is a, has a culture of like fostering those relationships. And so it's pretty easy to assimilate. And, um, again, like I said, when the, when the path has been paved and you're, you're given the freedom to build on that path, it's just been a, a really cool marriage over the last six years. Well, I can tell you that when I was working for a local home builder uh, out of Raleigh, my team uh, basically told me, dude, if you mention Movement Mortgage one more time and how cool they're doing and how good of a job they're doing, like we're going to kick you out. Like, it's like, so I've been a huge fan. Just I've, I've watched how you guys have been able to take something that 
traditionally is not very sexy, right? And it's mortgages, right? And kind of make it fun, uh, make it very approachable. When you first got there, how big was the marketing team? Do you remember? Oh gosh, uh, when I got here, so it was, it's interesting. Not to, I don't want to bore people, but um, I kind of nerd out sometimes over these conversations of like how to do it. and staff, your yep. Um, it and marketing were one, and That's, when I say it, more yeah. of like web development, design, backend, um, that type of it, not like you know, cyber not systems and networks and. So it was, um, gosh, I mean, we were probably 40, 40 or 50 people. And then again, in 2018, when we had to make some really tough decisions because the market went down, we split the teams. And so marketing and comms went one way and then, uh, web and some, you know, um, you know, engineers, things like that. They went more with traditional it. Um, we are now five, six years later now really in the process of marrying those teams back together again. Um, you okay. know, we are rolling out, um, I, I could tell you we're rolling out Salesforce here and it's an incredible product and it's brought those teams together, um, like never before. It's a, just a really exciting time here. And so now I think we're probably in like core marketing, you know, 25, 30 people. And then we've got about a hundred marketing support people across the country that are supporting either regions or markets or individual LOs. And that's our support network that we tap into every day. So what, when you got there, I mean, were you charged with a goal? Like, was it to grow the team? Was it grow culture? What was sort of the, you know, first kind of like, Hey man, here you go. This is yours. Yeah. So man, the, when, my predecessor was, is a legend, right? He did an amazing job. He was really well thought of in the company. Um, and like I said, helped build the brand here. So there was a little bit of like, um, you know, how am I going to fill the shoes? What is the path forward? And the approach I took, cause we are very loan officer centric here is, you know, we work for the LO. Yes. We support the brand here. We support Casey's efforts and all those types of things. But I, that was my first thing is go in um, I got a funny story. If I, you give me like two minutes, let's so do my it. First, my first, uh, my like unveiling, right? My introduction. We're at the Carolinas like sales leadership or no sales conference, and so we're we're based in Charlotte. We're in every we're in all fifty states, but that this is our this is where we've got the biggest footprint. And um, I'm sitting at the table with Casey, and he's about to go on stage and introduce me. And there's probably six seven hundred people in the room. And I've got a sheet of paper and I'm writing down like, what do I really want to tell this, the field here? And this is like, literally, so you, this question you just asked, this is like literally the first thing I did. And so I wrote down responsive on time and nimble. I want to be, res I want to, uh, that's the core fundamental. This is what I want people to think of us. And so Casey's up there and he's like, all right. And now ladies and gentlemen, our new head of marketing, Jake failing, you know, Oh, Jake. All right, cool. Go up there. Hey guys, here's the deal. I want to be Ron. And everybody's like, I'm sorry. And Casey looks at me like, I have made a terrible decision. And I'm like, look, give me a second here. Give me a second. I want to be responsive, on time, nimble. I want to be Ron. Um, and it ladies and gentlemen, Ron. And it was like, what? But Will, as you know, any good brand, any good message, when you hear it over and over again, you better Sticks. believe it's stuck. 
I started getting email people like new hires to movement thought my name was Ron. They were addressing emails to Ron. They were looking me up as Ron failing. I swear to you. And so it stuck. And we made these shirts with Ron Burgundy branding, you know, like the old like 70s. Oh, yeah. Anchorman, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like Anchorman 2, I think, had like just come out. And so, man, when I tell you it was a weird intro, but I think that gave everybody a little taste of my who you are. approach. Yeah. And it worked. It was quirky, but it worked. And I think if if, if you're going to make my tombstone now for me, Will, it's like he's quirky, but it works. Here lies Ron. Here lies Ron. Ron. Still unsure, but it works. I mean, have y'all made a Ron at movement.com? I mean, does that forward to you? No, it forwards to ServiceNow, Will. It's uh, uh-huh. where we send all of our... <laughs> Where we sent all of our tickets. No, um, it's uh, it, it was around for a while, but then you know, like I said, in 2018, when we had to pivot and do some other things, it was like, okay, enough of the uh, lighthearted stuff. Can we actually yep. have some strategy here? So, <laughs> so what do you think's been the biggest challenge, other than getting over that everybody called you Ron, but growing and leading a team, right? Like, yep. I mean, 25 to 40 people is not a small team. To that's like herding cats, right? So. Yep. What's the what's the challenge there? So I mean, I, I I found that I've just I love that I love that part of my job. It's my favorite part of the job. It's where I spend the most time. It's where I stress out the most, but it's where I have the most reward too. Is I love leading a team. I love being part of a team. It goes back to sports, right? You know, for ten years I was literally part of a team, um, and so I'll never leave that. That'll never not be a part of me. Um, the challenge is you know navigating these markets you know, being in a regulated environment. I mean, we are, especially after 2008, right? We are, it's a highly regulated environment. So compliance is a big piece of my life. And so, you know, you want to push the boundaries so far in marketing, but at the end of the day, you got to be a responsible steward of what you can and can't do uh, around rates and, you know, trying to get people into homes. Um, Navigating the market so is tough. I mean, it is extremely, extremely hard right now for loan officers, extremely hard. Um, you're talking, you know, one or two loans a month for people that were used to doing dozens. Um, and, you know, being there for those loan officers, being supportive, not just in like, hey, I've got a new flyer that's available to you or, hey, look at this new email. Isn't this funny? But like real tangible tactical tactics and, and solutions for these loan officers that are like, I, I have to do one or two more loans. Like, these yeah. old solutions. I need to put food on the table. Yeah. These old solutions don't cut it anymore. And so it's amazing. Like things like print marketing are back. Like, you know, you've pushed people to email for so many years and it's like, it all gets deleted. Think about how you and I start our mornings. Like you just get a slew of emails and you're deleting most of them. Yep. And so things like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like pocket schedules, you know, where like on one side is, you know, I had a loan officer who's number five in the country and he's like, on one side is information about me, and the other side is information about Pittsburgh. You know, it's the Steelers, but yeah, yeah. it's Pittsburgh. And he's like, I've gotten five people that have reached out, like, really love the schedule, man. Let's talk. And he's like, print is back, baby. And I'm, okay. like, I'm like, wow. Okay, we're back to print. Full so, circle. Yeah, it's though it's those types of things for for me. It's you know the outside environment. And helping our loan officers navigate that. But the people stuff, yeah, for sure. It's there are challenges, there are hard days, but for me, that's what I love. And so the 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 love of it outweighs any challenges. 
But what do you think is like the team's secret sauce? Because I mean, for those who don't follow movement, I mean, you guys put out some really fun, clever content. I mean, you're rapping on videos, right? About home loans and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I mean, what is that secret sauce that kind of like breaks the mold a little bit? Yeah. So I am a, um, I really care about creative. I mean, the, the seat I'm in now, I spent a lot of time on the uh, creative approval end, but like, I'm not micromanaging necessarily the front end and the people I bring in are not necessarily mortgage people on the side. So like, I've got a, a, a guy on our creative team who was in NASCAR before this and was Clemson. And if you know anything about Clemson's creative around their athletics, it's, yep. I mean, it's up there with like any professional team. Um, the woman who leads a creative team, she was in, she was worked for a baseball bat company and was like right out of school. Like I think she's 21, they were flying her to spring training and doing all these things. And so I, um, creative past creative director for West Virginia football. I mean, like, so you're hearing a lot of sports. Um, I'm seeing a pattern here, Jake. Guilty, guilty as charged. <laughs> but I, what I try to tell it was like sports has the uh, unfair advantage of having unbelievable moving images, unbelievable yep. stories, you know, wins, losses. And so these stories and images sort of fall in your lap. Now it's this like really tough challenge that they've got of like, how do you make them sexier, more incredible, right? I've got mortgage. My bar is way lower. I think you mentioned it earlier. It's like, a you know, people think a mortgage, you're like, you know, boring, stuffing, whatever. I tell these guys, Cause they, you know, they come to mortgage because one, they know that I've got like a affinity for sports, but then two, that I'm not going to completely run them into the ground. Like sports industry does. Yep. And so they come for the culture and all that kind of stuff. And I say, make our loan officers look like Trevor Lawrence, you know, yep. if you're coming from Clemson, make yep. our loan programs look like the funniest memes on TikTok And re and so when I give them the freedom of just like, Think great content first, not, you know, did you know you need to, you don't have to put 20% down for a loan. So when they start thinking great content, moving images, fun, fast, trendy first, instead of educational, um, I think that's been, I don't know, freeing for them. Yeah. Do you ever worry that you'll turn people off? <laughs> I'm living this right now. I don't know if any <laughs> loan officers are going to watch this, uh, but we just rolled out a new pre-approval letter. Just, we're just going to do this live, Will. We Let's like, do it. Really, like I, that's I'm, I almost texted you and said, "Hey, can you give me until two fifteen? Um, because we just rolled out a new pre-approval letter, and just like anything else, change is hard, right? We had an old pre-approval letter um, that was very basic. It's just text. It looked like somebody just opened a Word doc and made it." We are known, you've said it, you've been very kind, Will, with your words. We're known for our branding. We're known for our fun, energy, visuals. And it just didn't match. It's like, wow, this, this company's got all this. And their first impression rose, Bachelor fans, their first impression rose is this Word doc. What gives? Well, so we update it, and it's, it's awesome. Like, it is very bright, high energy. It reflects our brand. It reflects who we are. And, of course, people are like, well, I, don't, I want the old one. I want to go back. Right. And so to your point, are you ever worried that people aren't going to like it? Um, it happens every day. Unfortunately, yep. it's, a, it's a reality of it. Um, but more often than not, what I hear are things, you know, like you've said is, wow, I 
love working for a company. Yes, it has a story to tell, but one that just helps me stand out just with its basic marketing offerings. Yeah, because I mean, I think like there's so many places that just culture is stuffy, right? And I mean, you got to work, you got to make money. You might as well enjoy it and have fun with doing it. And, you know, I mean, I've always like, uh, appreciated your approach to marketing and seemingly, you know, from just outside looking in, like the way you guys lead your teams and like, um, is it like Fridays where you guys all kind of corral around on a Friday and like, there's just a bunch of just, I mean, just a ton of energy. Right. And it's again, it's like, if you've got to go work somewhere and you got to put in 40, 50 hours a week, you might as well enjoy it and have fun along the way. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Um, play purpose potential. It's Neil Doshi, you know, it's, he's a legend and sort of like the, the way to think about how to run businesses, how to run teams. He talks about play. You've got to be able to play. People have got to feel like they're having fun. And, you know, wouldn't it just be great? You're spending more time with these people than you are with your family members. Yeah. So wouldn't it be great to like them, to like being around them? I mean, I, I, just outside here, I've got, um, my events and branding team who I would put up against anybody else in the business. And they're just out there hanging, working, getting work done. You know, there's a little sort of like area with like a couch and stuff in the middle of everything. And then on Sunday, we're all going to get on a plane together and fly to Mexico to do a site visit for an upcoming trip. That's a lot of time with a coworker and very just intense and just could, you're going to be like, wow, you know what? I would love to just, separate work, um, personal and work, right? It's not like that. We like, we like each other. We like being around each other and we collaborate well. And that's, you know, exists pretty much across the entire team, which is, um, I don't know, that's maybe our magic too. Well, so on that note, how is it working with family? I mean, have you, have you guys been able to balance that pretty well? Yes, for sure. Go down that rabbit Um, hole. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's good, man. I mean, I, what I tell people all the time, um, having worked for teams for 10 years and then spent four and a half years watching companies get built, sold, uh, invested in and watching how leaders navigate that. I've seen some really special examples and I've seen some really tough examples. And that's like I said, uh, you know, Sports is a real job, right? It is real, but it's, it's, it's very different from running a public or private, um, you know, medical device company or, or whatnot. And so watching that, like, wow, uh, I, I see what good leaders look like. I see what good teams look like. And then I see the inverse as well. And so I get to movement and what I tell people is cause we hear it all right. I mean, the t-shirts, everything's like, oh, it's like a cult. These guys are drinking the Kool-Aid, whatever as I hear it all, um, is real. It's real, man. Like we do give all of our money away. We do build schools. Like everybody is nice. And I'm not going to swear on your podcast, but like we just brought in a bunch of recruits recently. And one of the recruits is sitting on the front. And he had like RBF resting, you know what face. Yep. And he's sitting there the whole time. And at the end, he shoots his hand up after I've done like an hour presentation. He goes, hey, man, I got a question. I'm like, yes. He goes, Where do you guys hide the a-holes? But he didn't say a. And his point was like, Everyone's nice. What is going on? Like everyone seems yeah. like we like each other. Everyone seems genuine. And I'm like, it, it is real. It's, it's nice. And so just to go back to your question is like, um, I got a great relationship with Casey. I got a great relationship with my family. Who I see here, you know, Michelle, my sister-in-law owns the gym here. I see her. I just saw her an hour ago. 
um, you know, knock on wood, we, we all get along. And because of that, that's great. It's actually like a hack and it's, it's an advantage, frankly. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned it a little bit, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy to give you the airtime to talk about kind of the ways you guys get back. Um, if you want to kind of dive in just the philanthropy side of it, so yeah, that's huge for you guys. No, I'll do it real quick. I mean, it's, um, it's pretty special. So we give away, we're an impact lender, um, impact lenders defined as 10% uh, or more of your profits that you pour back into communities. We give back 40 to 50%. And so I can tell you in, in the heyday and, you know, 2020 and 2021, we gave hundred million in 2020 and in 2021, we gave away 200 million. So just That's in crazy. two years alone, we poured $300 million into communities. I'll let you look up what other much bigger banks do in an average year. It ain't that. And, and so- yeah. Not that it's a competition, but it's one of those where like we truly uh, put our money where our mouth is. And it shows where your heart is too, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, we do, we lead vision trips uh, around the, the globe and, you know, we focus on nation transformation in you know, countries like Guatemala, Costa Rica, and um, in Africa as well. And so we're constantly having one of these vision trips that are out there. Um, schools are the big one though. And so in uh, 20, gosh, I believe 18, we opened our first movement school, charter school uh, in West Charlotte. Uh, like you built the school, right? Like it was an old Kmart in West Charlotte. And, uh, you know, we got funding. It was charter school. So we got funding from the state K through three. And I think when we opened that, there was a little bit of like, oh, that's cute. I don't really get it. Yeah. It's a company that does schools, but that's that's cute. Then we opened one in the old Eastland Mall site. If you know anything about Charlotte, the Eastland Mall is legendary. And people are like, huh. Then you ping pong back to the west side and we open a middle school on the same site as the elementary school. And it's like, whoa, okay. Then you go to South Charlotte, Southwest Charlotte by the airport. Just opened that last year. Boom, bounce up to Northwest Charlotte. We just opened school number five this school year. We just got our charters approved for two schools in Charleston, two in Atlanta, one in Raleigh. We have a super big, what is it, like big, hairy, audacious goal? What is it? Yep. BHAG. BHAG, there you go. Um, and of 100 schools in 10 years. Uh, so, you know, we got our work to cut out for, uh, cut out for yeah, us. Yeah. Now the flywheel's spinning. And so they're happening really fast. And, you know, when we get up to like 10 schools and now we're in three states, people are like, Oh, wait. And so you've got entrepreneurs and other company CEOs reaching out to Casey like, hey, can I do one? And we're like, the cool thing is you can do it yourself. Like we will help you. Like here is the blueprint. You know, we could take your money, but like we can't build faster. You can though build just as quickly as we do right alongside of it, working with, you know, the states and um, and school boards and things like that. And so the schools are the big one, um, you know, in West Charlotte, again, that's our biggest footprint here. We've got, um, uh, affordable housing complex. We got a not-for-profit co-working center called movement, the movement center where you got things like, um, you know, foundations and churches and, you know, uh, the harvest centers there, we got all kinds of groups in there and, you know, we charge them like a buck, you know, rent. I mean, it's very inexpensive and it lets them have infrastructure. So Lots of, oh, Navant, we got a health clinic too. So yeah, anyway, it, it's, oh my uh, goodness. I'm like this, Will, when um, mortgage is really tough, selfishly as a marketer, as a storyteller, it's nice to have these other things that I could talk about too. 
Yeah, you've got your man. Sheesh, you've got your plate full. And okay, so last thing on the movement, and then we can move off of it. Wow, that's terrible. That was great. Wow. Yeah. Um, you guys do like a full on Christmas production, right? Like, did you do it last year? Or I've seen it at least once, right? I mean, it's a you are like in a tux. You're hosting this thing. There's singers. There's like. Right? Like, where'd that idea come from? Yeah, we just got out of a, a Christmas meeting. Um, Christmas has been in many forms. So I can tell you my first year here was the last year that we did parties across the country. So we did three parties at all of our national sales support center cities. So Charlotte, Virginia Beach, and Phoenix. Well, I, I felt like a rock star. Like, I, I, yeah. was like, we're bouncing around, and we do these huge, to your point, productions on stage. There's, like, minute-to-win at games. Casey does a big speech. We've got, you know, performers, the whole thing. It's incredible. Uh, it's very expensive, extremely, extremely expensive. And so like, what are some ways that we could scale that? Well, then COVID threw a wrench in it. And so we did two years in a row. Uh, we did the production, but in front of a very small to no audience uh, here in Charlotte. And then we live streamed it out. And so the last two years, including this year, we're going to do a really well-produced, probably hour-long show. That's like a, you know, a look back. We talk about like our top 10 loan officers, our ops leaders, um, and then do a couple stories that um, underscore what I just told you about all the giving back. We yeah. I mean, that's insane. Probably what goes into pulling that off. Did you guys do it like all in house or do you farm some of it out? Both. I mean, I love that stuff. I mean, it's yeah. Again, you our old life together. Will you remember? I mean, I working in sports really, it is, is just events and you're just, you know, you're bringing in, if it's minor league baseball, you're bringing in the national anthem person. You're bringing in the hype man. Oh, I've, now I'm on the oh, other side of it. Oh, hey. <laughs> you're, coord- you're coordinating all these things. And um, so I just love that. And like I said, I got this team out here. They they love it too. And so, yes, there's a lot of logistics. Our team, we plan it, but we uh, do farm out like the, you know, the building of the set and, you yeah. know, producers and stuff like that. I'm a, again, big believer of like hire people that are better than you at, at things. And so we've got some really neat relationships here when we, we use our events that we can tap. That's awesome, man. Um, all right, let's move over to all the other things that you do. Um, just, I mean, the list goes on and I don't know how you do it all to be quite honest with you. All right. So you have a, you have a podcast. Yeah. Date, date night with, is it Jake and page or page? Jake? And Jake? Yeah. Jake and, date night with Jake and page. Um, so you went first. She let you do that. I get a lot. I know it just seemed to like flow better. Paige and Jay. I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I asked her, I got permission. Um, but yeah, the started in like 2015, we're on episode 86. So if you do the math, oh my goodness. Not, not many episodes uh, a year, like we do them when we can, Will. Um, <laughs> but the idea was uh, my wife worked in television in, in for the morning show. And so she'd wake up at 2 a.m. She'd come home. I would do mornings. She'd sleep until noon, wake up. She would pick up the kids. I get home from work and then she'd basically go back to bed again. And so we wouldn't really see each other. And so we were like, let's schedule these podcasts. Let's have like, let's force a date night almost. Yeah. Um, where you and I could see each other. But then also we get to really know a really cool couple here in Charlotte. And it stuck. It got some legs and, you know, we're not breaking any records for listenership, but uh, we have a ton of fun and we've made some great friends in the process. Um, And yeah, like I said, I think we just had episode 86. I can't remember. Um, It's been a lot of fun. I mean, you guys have had some decent guests on there, right? Like, I mean, you've had some Panther players and other 
celebrities and stuff like that, right? Like, yep, yep. We've had on some. So, like, the last episode was Michelle Eichard, um, and she's now written three books on sort of parenting slash sort of to get into the psyche of adolescence. Which now, with our kids being our age, it's like, yeah, yeah Michelle, we'd love to have you on for the people, but really, like us, can you tell us how to parent better? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, Jonathan Stewart, Muggsy Bogues, Moose Muhammad. Selfishly, that was my favorite as a Panthers fan. Um, you know, Penn and Kim, the Horace family there in Raleigh, they're old buds. Oh, of yeah. We live there, so we've had them on a couple times. Um, yeah, we've we've had some we've had some really cool guests. And then Panthers hype man. Yep. How did that come about? I mean, I feel like that does not scream Jake failing at all. Like that is so left field. Yeah. Give really. the dude a microphone in a stadium full of people. That's a terrible idea. Right? Really weird. Um, I actually love telling this story um, because it just goes to like networking relationships, being authentic, like all the sort of like buzzy things, but I don't know. It just, it's a, a story that seems to tie it all together. 2007. 2007, baseball gets kicked out of the Olympics. I worked for USA Baseball. Yep. Extremely depressing day. Would we? You get that right? We're like, yeah. Wow. Okay. So game over. There goes the Super Bowl. Um, the last Olympics that was scheduled was 2008 in Beijing. Now, since then, I think it was 2022. Whatever was just in Tokyo, they brought it back as a demonstration sport. It was last year, I think, remember, because the Olympics were pushed for a year. Um, And then in L.A., when they go to L.A., they're going to be back in as a demonstration sport as well. But they were kicked out. So we were fighting for our lives to get it to uh, be put back in. We had an American president of the International Baseball Federation, Harvey Schiller. He was the head of the U.S. Olympic Committee during the Kerrigan-Harding days. This guy, like, you know, he was the commissioner of the SEC for a while. He's the best. And he goes, Jake, I'm going to talk to your boss, Paul at USA baseball. And I'm going to get, I'm going to borrow you for two years. And I just need you to help me run this like PR campaign to try to get us back in. So for two years, will I traveled the world? It was amazing. Paige stuck around. I can't believe it. She's like, you know what? She's still here. Go to Taiwan for three months. What the heck? Well, in Beijing, we bring in to try to wow everybody, the head of entertainment for the New York Yankees. His name is Mike Bonner. He comes in. He does an amazing job. Spoiler alert, Will, we did not get back in the Olympics. So that's why these things are still <laughs> demonstrating. Failed miserably. Mike goes from the Yankees to the Broncos, runs everything for the Broncos. Then he goes to Notre Dame, which, side note, that just gives you an idea of how big the Notre Dame job is. Goes to Notre oh, Dame. Yeah to run everything, all entertainment, all that kind of stuff for Notre Dame, to then the Panthers. So he lands with the Panthers at the end of 19, early 20, which you know what happened in early 20. And he reaches out to me and he says, hey, I've been following you and your family and your shenanigans for the last 12, 13 years. I just moved to Charlotte and I've got a crazy idea. And so we met for coffee. He pitched it. I'm like, uh, yeah, I would love Watch to you bring your shenanigans to the stadium. Yep. COVID happens. And he's like, sorry, man, there's going to be no crowds and there's no gig. And I'm like, 
that's a real bummer, but like it could definitely be worse. Obviously the world was in disarray. And so a year goes by and he calls me right before the season starts in 21. And he's like, Hey, remember that, you know, beer we had the other night, you want to run it back? I'm like, let's go. And so right into it. Yep. 21, 22. And now this is season three and it is, look, I wish we had one have been winning more. Um, but I just love the fans, man. I am a fan. I'm a huge fan. And so, yeah. I think, and that's the feedback that people have given is like, you could tell that this guy's invested. You could tell that he loves it. And, you know, when I'm standing there next to Jonathan Stewart and he's pounding the drum and yelling into the microphone, like, I'm not just like a hired host. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're legit. Oh my God, you know, lose my mind. It's just, it's, it's a ton of fun, dude. That's awesome, man. I mean, honestly, like all jokes aside, that is the perfect role for you like man it's absolutely yeah. perfect give the man a microphone and a crowd of what 60 70 80,000 people yeah well, what was the event what was the event that you did for years back at the like oh you're uh, gonna you're, you're gonna compare being the panthers hype man to the uh rtp 180 yes no RTP yeah. 180. no stop dude you were you <laughs> <laughs> did and you do all that kind of stuff too and i i mean i i came to a ton of your events oh um, yeah but you know I it mean, seems it, like another lifetime man i mean it's just I'm like sorry. you know some people are like why do you do it like you know i mean do you want to just like hear yourself and be up there and i'm like no like it's just this like creative juice that happens when you yes. do it yes. um you know and it's so much fun and like and it's honestly like what we were saying right before like i got nervous right before we were about to do this and you know, I've um, played the drums for like 20 years and stopped playing for seven and just got back into playing and played for church like a couple weeks ago. And my mom, we were out to lunch and my mom was like, well, did you enjoy it? And I was like, yeah, I had a blast. And she goes, were you nervous? I said, yeah, I was scared out of my mind to go up there. And she goes, well, why did you do it? I said, because that's part of it, right? Like that's part of pushing yourself, swimming a little bit past the breakers Right. And like, you know, make it going. OK, like I did that. Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't fun. No, it was fun, but it was always I would get nervous going up in front of a couple hundred people with a microphone because you're like, OK, well, the research triangle park is trusting me not to say anything stupid. Yeah. And a lot of times I did, but, you know, but no, still- it was always entertaining. And that's what people they're like, oh, wow. You know, 70,000 people I'm like. And I don't mean this to sound how it is, but like, that's easy because I can just like, you're not, there's, there actually is no one. They like, gloss no, over everybody. It, yeah. There's not a, there's not a person. There's not, there's not. A, so I'm basically just like, I honestly, it feels very similar to rehearsals in the stadium, you know, the night before when it's empty. Yeah. Cause I'm not, man, I was asked by one of our movement schools recently to come in to pump the kids up. Man, I got chills to pump the kids up before their end of their end of year test, the EOGs, which was so it would have been in May. I'm I swear to you, that was the most nervous I have ever in my life been because I can imagine the teachers, the teachers were way more hype than I have ever been at a Panthers game. The kids are lit. I mean, these kids are like jumping around. They're fired up. Will, I'm not kidding you. I'm not, I swear to you, kindergarten through second grade all came out of their rooms and lined a tunnel down the hallway 
that the third graders all ran through and they oh, all man. made signs to hype them up. And then they come into this classroom and they're like, all right, Jake, keep it moving. And scene. The most nervous I have ever in my life been. And, and What'd you do? I, I don't I like blacked out. I mean, I'm like, you know, basically, you know, you sort of channel like being a dad. Right. And so like, I've got a fifth grader and you know, my kids aren't that far removed from third grade. And so you just channel that. And so it's like, um, guys, can I tell you a story? Can I tell you about the time someone threw a wet roll of toilet paper at me in the stands? And so you, you channel a little silliness, but this yeah, is yeah, yeah. a true yeah. story. And I'm like, I'm like, who's got to go to the bathroom? Is anybody in here got to go to the bathroom? And everybody's like, I got to pee. I got to go to the bathroom. You know, so it's fun. And then they're like, they're like, yeah, well, apparently this guy needed to go to the bathroom too because he brought toilet paper into the stands with him. And it was raining. And what do you think a roll of toilet paper is like when it gets wet? And everybody's like, heavy, soggy. And I'm like, you know, so it's just that. So I just sort of channeled that. But like I had a whole talk planned completely out the window when I'm like, oh my God, like th- this building is 10 times more lit than the Bank of America Stadium. Yes. <laughs> so uh, it was just, man, it was, um, I get, so you I hit him with toilet paper, basically. No, but I get a little toilet paper like, story. As, as nervous as I was, <laughs> as nervous as I was, it was, um, it that I, I just I love that feeling. Oh, I yeah. love the butterflies. I love the feeling in the chest because then once you get going, it's just engaging with people like that is the best. No, it, it is, man, and it's so rewarding. And you walk off and you feel so like fulfilled. And you know, I mean, and, and even if it's just like one person out there, you made them smile or you made them, you know, just crack a little bit of a chuckle. You're like, all right, I did my job. Yeah, you know, sure. just turn around somebody's day. All right, man. Uh, Full Court Press, which is just a series of quick, rapid-fire questions, and then I'll let you off the uh, the hot seat. You want quick answers? Sure. The first thing that comes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever comes to your mind. All right. Favorite pair of sneakers in your collection? Uh, right now it is the Mosh What Does. So I got my. So if people know sneakers, they know him. He's a custom shoemaker now, makes his own line, and they are bananas. Best piece of content you've ever put out for movement? Probably, gosh, well, the most engaged one is the one that you mentioned earlier where I'm rapping with my buddy Montel here who leads diversity yeah. lending. But anything that we do that's about our story and you know the work that we do in communities, that's the good stuff. Um, but the rap was a lot of fun. Okay. Favorite guest on the Date Night Podcast? I'm going to go back to Moose, Moose and Crystal Muhammad, um, just genuine, normal people. And we had, we freestyle rapped at the end. I want to cry because the audio messed up. And now in the podcast game, when you listen to it, you'll hear it. I want to cry. But if you wait to the end or just fast forward to the end to hear the rap, it's worth it. And why don't we see more of you on the Holderness family videos? I'm in Charlotte now, man. I miss my buddy Penn. Yeah, and and gosh, they've done okay, huh? Mm. Uh, but they've, uh, you know, Penn, they don't they don't need any special guests now. They're unbelievable. Um, just if you don't follow them, you should. Kim uh, runs an amazing business. The whole, I mean, the Holner's family is a business now. I mean, she she is running. Oh, yeah. And then from a creative perspective, obviously, she's involved with the creative too. But I did a post. I shared a post the other day of Penn doing a Taylor Swift parody about the game the first game that she was at with travis kelsey 
and they put it out on like Monday, which means he had like seven seconds to make it. When I tell you just creative genius, he will be watching the game or doing something. He'll pop upstairs. He will record that in like truly like a take, maybe two takes and it's gold. Um, he's just, you know, he's one Doesn't of my- it make you like sick when people can like do that just so like naturally. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed here, Will, to be around a lot of creative people. And so, um, <laughs> I see it a lot. So when I see it now, I, I like appreciate, I'm like, sheesh, that is really, that's rare. That is rare. Yeah. No, I, I was, uh, hanging out with Jacques one time and he, uh, was in Raleigh. We were filming in a studio guy does a 20 minute unboxing of a sneaker doesn't miss a single beat. Yeah. Like just, and I'm just, and I, he walked off the set and I was like, dude, how did you do that? He goes, it's what I, so I do it all the time. You know what I mean? Like it, to them, it's their job. It's the thing that they do. Right. But to me, I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm just sitting there with jaw dropping on the floor. All right. Final hot seat question for $10,000. Would you streak across the field at a Carolina Panthers game? No, no way. No way. 10,001. Oh, twelve thousand dollars. No, okay. uh, no, no, man. I want to. I want to keep my job. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, last one yeah. uh, for this career advice for someone just starting out in their professional journey. What would you say? So everyone, like, I feel like the like work for free thing is like a super hot take now, and and I and I. I've heard some really terrible stories of people that go into interviews and they get asked to like, you know, draw up a social plan, like draw up a a calendar, draw up a strategy. And then it gets stolen. I have, I've never done that. Um, We definitely ask for people to do like, you know, sample writings and videos and stuff like just so we could see what it looks like under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. But like stealing is so I, so I get that. Um, But man, I interned for a year and a half. Now I get it. People have bills to pay and not everybody can, you know, afford to do that. What I can tell you is it was not easy financially for me either. Um, But in that process met the person who eventually referred me to the first job at USA baseball in the process from an internship with the USGA, that person then hired me to work for the USGA up in New Jersey. I grant that's a hundred years ago. I'm old now, Will. And so the game, the game has changed. The game has changed back in my day. No, but the version of that now is DM someone and say, yeah. hey, can I make a social post for you? Hey, can I take a collection of your last 10 reels and make a highlight reel for you? It's all free, but I just want to shoot my shot. I've seen two people. So I encourage side hustles here, which again is like super controversial, but I encourage that because like, look, movement, as long as movement stays their core role and um, they give everything they've got to movement. I get that, that like people, especially creatives, they want to flex their yeah. muscles in other yeah. ways. And that's the way they stay. I agree with that hundred percent. And so we see that almost everyone here does that, you know, weddings or shoots or whatever it is. And I've seen now a couple people come back to me and it's sort of, it's not awkward. Right. Cause I've fostered this is like, Hey, just how cool is this? Like I've reached out to this person and offered to make them something on the side. And I know some people listening to that is like, what you foster that? Then what if they go start their own business? And I'm like, there was a non-zero chance of that happening anyway. And yeah. so if they know that they can work here, work hard, we work hard, um, 
but then also get to have fun and not feel like that I'm like scouring their Instagram and going, mm, what were you doing on Sunday? Yeah. You know what I was doing on Sunday was running around like an idiot in teal and black. You were doing your, you were doing your side hustle. Exactly. And so, um, I think that's, that's the advice, right? Is don't be afraid to work cheap for free to network, to shoot your shot. Uh, it worked for me. And now in the day of age of digital, I I see it working every day too. Um, don't take advantage of your employer if you're there, right? Make sure it's a healthy environment, but, um, don't be afraid to do that. And I mean, I think it's, you're right, man. I mean, stuff that you did years ago, I won't date you. Um, but you know, I mean, it's panning out, sorry. Um, but it is right. I mean, that's how you are on the field on Sunday, right? You mentioned, you know, somebody that you knew from ages ago. Yeah. Sorry. I just dated you. Sorry. No, it's fine. I'm four. I'm about to turn 44. I'm about to turn 44. Oh my gosh. Rip band. Great. Thank you. Just take it all off. 44. You look great, by the way. The ring light is really accentuated. So can you. I'll polish that up in uh, After Effects. Perfect. Wow. My man. It, I'm right. I know. And by After Effects, I mean I'm just going to let it rip online and Amber, we're good. Yep, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Magic eraser airbrush tool. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Well, this has been awesome, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, as a fan, as your friend, but certainly somebody who has watched you um, grow the movement team, grow the brand, continue to put out creative content after creative content um it's been incredible watching that and so like i said man i mean everybody was like if you mention that company one more time for how cool they are and how great they are why don't you just go work for movement mortgage and i was like maybe i will maybe right? I'll- so yeah. maybe i will thanks a lot will that means a lot man like i mentioned rtp 180 which wow throwback uh, but you know, everything you said right back at you, big fan of yours too. And wish you all the best with this podcast. Thank you, man. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks.